When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Firstly, I just want to say a big thank you to people who have been listening to my last show. It was really scary to put that one out there. And um, yeah, I've been getting some really positive feedback and I can see a lot of people have been downloading and listening to that one. I think it's like one of my faster growing episodes. So um, really, really happy about that. That's awesome. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you had thoughts, feedback, suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me as well. Uh, you can tweet with me at laurencress89, reach out to me on LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. So today, as I promised in my last episode, uh, I'm going to do a marketing-focused episode. We're going to speak with Sally Curtis, who is a good friend of mine, and we're going to be talking about marketing strategy and how to be clever with the way that you do marketing so that you can get on with also doing the things that you're you're really good at right so one of the things that I love about Sally she talks about the importance of working from a place of inner genius working from a place of play like having fun Um, and I think that's awesome so we're going to talk about marketing from the perspective of you've got to be efficient and effective with it so that you can get on with doing the other things that you really want to do Uh, Sally is brilliant uh, when it comes to thinking up new ways to repurpose content and she shares in this episode she'll share a little bit about how she did that for herself as well so I know you guys are going to love Sally because I love her and we're very similar we are kindred spirits we hit it off straight away when we met Uh, if you want to find out more about Sally probably the best thing to do is just head over to LinkedIn and check out her profile there. Sally is an amazing uh, networker. She's also the president of the public speaker, sorry, the Professional Speakers Association, I always do that, uh, down in Adelaide. And uh, just, you'll see in a second, like so much energy, uh, just really, really good vibes. So just before we get onto that, I'd like to take a moment in the spirit of reconciliation to acknowledge your traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people living and working on the land today. All right, guys, there might be a little ad break here, and I'll be back in a tick with Sally Curtis. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means six flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Sally, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited about our chat today because... Marketing strategy and marketing strategy process is something that I'm just seeing so many like consultants, authors, speakers, people who are like full of knowledge struggling with when it actually comes to leveraging that content and using it for marketing and leveraging that knowledge. So to start with, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. 
Okay, so a little bit of the backstory of Sally is um, I'm a, a mother here in Adelaide. I'm a, a single parent, um, I'm a speaker, and I'm an entrepreneur. I've had that entrepreneur flair since I was about 12. So I had employment and self employment and, and unemployment and employment. So a mixed bag of everything. So um, that's really given me. Um, the breadth of knowledge of what happens in business when you can be strategic, when you're not strategic and when you just wing it. So I've sort of had lots of those own personal experiences um, as well. Um, and I also really, really love and, and are fascinated by people. So I'm very observant. I'm naturally a, a connector profile. So I naturally connect people. So I, I do solve problems through people. But I really love celebrating and hanging out with people and observing people that play in their natural inner genius which has of course led me into the speaking arena and now this strategic approach and that's why we get along so well and the, the people that we've been working with because we get to work with these great people that shine and live and play uh, from that place of inner genius which we see so easily which they might not yet see um, so I think that's been um, a, a good backstory as to why we do what we do and just from a everyday perspective I find a lot of inspiration um, from nature from a calming perspective and sort of seeing more and hearing more and uh, listening and all those sorts of things um, and I love animals so um, the animals this uh, free-spirited play of animals so that sort of gives you a little bit of context I've sort of built lots of those little elements in into that strategic um growth for people if that makes sense it does I love it and just want to quickly say hello mm. to Megan McNeil hey Megan she said I'm a connected to Sally Yay. excited for today's chat and yeah I have to say vouching for both of you um you are both awesome connectors um and you probably should connect together actually you guys would really that. get along <laughs> So Sally, you know, um, I love what you said about that natural inner genius and that often for ourselves, it can be quite, quite hard to find. So I want to ask you two questions off the back of that. Firstly, for you, has that been something that's been hard for you to find? And then secondly, why do you think it's so hard for ourselves to, to connect with that? Two, two things. Yes, it was absolutely, I'm going to say, excruciating. Um, so my journey, I feel like I've grown up now and I'm sort of in my mid-50s and it's taken me my, I've had lots of evolutions and I can look back retrospectively and see all of the evolutions. If I look at just the connector part um, first, um, I thought everybody did this. So I thought people networked networks. So my speaking topic is, you know, building a business through networking. But for years, I just assumed, because it was so easy for me, that everybody did that. You know, that's normal. Uh, and it's not until you get to talk to people that it's sort of not normal and you sort of go, but but it's like this. And they sort of look at you like you've got two heads. Just the same way that, you know, if you've got a 12-year-old at home and you can't program the TV or get the TV to do something or some technical thing, you get your 12-year-old to do it and they look at you as if you're daft because you should be able to do this. You know, when... when when it's your own, own inner genius, you don't see the value in it um, that other people to see. So for me, part of my journey uh, was actually doing uh, doing some profiling tools to actually find and go, oh, my God, yes, hell yeah, that is me. That does describe me. That articulates what the what of what my inner genius was, whereas I couldn't see it before. So it was a real challenge for me. Mm. 
Mm, yeah, I, I find the same thing. Like I, I, for me, I kind of find that like the things that I love to do, it's almost like I devalue them as well. Like I kind of go like, I mean, it's similar to what you're saying, but I think there's the added layer of like, well, I can't charge for that because I love to do it. And I've had to really like constantly be like challenging myself there, you know, going, hang on. No, this is valuable to other people, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's very so, much been around that value for sure. And so what do we, like, how do we kind of find that? Like you mentioned profiling tools. Like is there, is it kind of bouncing ideas around? Is it like what would be your kind of, for someone going, yeah, I don't even know what it is that I do. I don't know what that sort of inner genius looks like. Like where would you say for them they need to kind of start? When they're direct, yeah, directing it. So a lot of uh, people will come along and say, you know, this is this is my th thing. Um, I had one lady that was a client whisperer, for example, and she did a great job at building uh, businesses through being so customer centric. But like me and like us, couldn't see what her actual steps were, what her process was. And until you can see the steps in the process, you don't see the value because you just do it, which means you think it's one dimensional where it's actually multidimensional. And then when you unpack it further, you see it's even further multidimensional. So another example of that is when you're talking to speakers and consultants as they're coming up, they go, you, just, you often hear, just give your good content away, you know, give your greatest tips away. And they go, oh, no, I can't because, you know, that's mine. So that fear or that lack is the perspective that it's only one dimensional. But when you unpack it, there's multiple layers in every direction. It's multifaceted. It's just like a diamond. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the, the opportunity that you have is when you go through an unpacking process or, or take somebody through an unpacking process. And sometimes uh, if I look at what you do with your interviewing, it's asking the right questions so they answer it instinctively and then they can reflect and look back and go, oh, actually, that's my process there's my steps that's the inner genius that's what I bring to the table that's highly valuable to others but just instinctive and, and natural for me yeah do you think there's also that because I know you've written you've written a couple of books I know you're an author if you you've written a few one right? book, it's, two, it's two books in the one so one's the book and one's the the um because I've got that bossy nature that we've talked about before the other one's the workbook <laughs> Love it. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's two books. That's definitely two books, right? So, okay. So you've got these two books going through the process of writing that or creating mm -hmm. that. Did that, was that part of your process of finding your process? Like, did you find you got clarity from actually writing the book or did that happen? Before? Okay. Now this is, I'm going to be very outside of the box. So okay. uh, writing the book was how I discovered the opportunity of repurposing something from what we've done already. So I had a coach say to me, for God's sake, Sally, you've got enough content. You've probably got six books. And I just went, because I actually don't like writing. Um, give me speaking, no problems. Writing, no way. Um, so he nagged and nagged, and he's a connector as well. So to, to all the connectors, he said, here's somebody that will actually help you give them a ring 
So my two books came from a 45 minute uh, presentation that I did that then sold into a two day workshop. So I had a training manual and a 45 minute um, presentation that was videoed and then uh, transcribed. That is what created my two books. I did not create it. Yeah. I did, but I didn't, if that makes sense. Love it. And this like segues us so perfectly into what I wanted to ask you about. Cause you know, like, I think that was how we initially connected was we're both pretty passionate about repurposing and for people who are listening on the podcast and who've listened for a while, they'll know, like I'm big into the, like, you gotta repurpose, you gotta repurpose, you gotta be, uh, you gotta repurpose. But like that, you know, you said like you had started with the presentation, you like speaking. So you start with the presentation, and then you had done the training and then it was like, okay, this is the book, right? And what I get asked a lot, I'm really curious on your thoughts on this is like, where should I start? Like, should I create a blog or should I start doing like my mailing list or should I start doing video or should I do TikTok or should I do blah? And people get like really worried about the media of like what they're creating, right? So how, how do you see that first step of like getting the, I guess the initial raw content before it's repurposed. Perfect. So I would, my instinctive comment there and my uh, my default would be to go where you can play the greatest and the grandest. Yeah, so if you like writing and that's easy for you, go to that flow. If you'd rather sit and uh, talk to somebody or be interviewed, go where that is. Do what is easiest for you to do it in a playful and a prolific manner. And then start there and then look back, reflect back at what you've got and what you've done and then work out strategically where you where you can place it and what you can actually do with it. Mm, love that. Love mm. that. that. That just like when you said that, I'm like, it feels like so much more like a joy rather mm. than like a pain in the neck. Like <laughs> really create this like I talk to a lot of people who say to me like oh I really want to create a podcast and I'm like oh, okay and Megan if you're listening Megan you said oh yes repurpose so Megan is a podcaster so I'm curious Megan if um you felt this or you know other podcasters who have because like, they're going to go oh I really want to pay to create a podcast but if I create a podcast and I have to do all these other things or it becomes too technical or too overwhelming <laughs> or something and I'm kind of like I, I think the same thing I make, just do whatever's easy, for, like where you gravitate to it, which almost goes back to the inner genius point you made as well, right? Like that's kind of where your inner genius might be trying to shine through, right? Correct. Yeah. So if I look at my, my inner genius was definitely not putting words in, uh, in a commonsensical sequential way. Um, and knowing how to lay out a book and knowing what stories needed to go where and what images needed to go where. I just needed to be able to uh, inundate somebody. There's what I've created. There's all my models. There's all my images. Um, and can you, in your inner genius, create that into a, an appropriate product? So I, and this, I, this is how I fell over it or tripped over this whole scenario was I'd had somebody that was brilliant at doing that uh, as it related to the books. So I got an end product that um, I wanted to have 
but didn't want to have any part of. Um, but because I'd already done it, I'd already done the presentation, I'd already done the training manual. And I can tell you that training manual, writing that and getting that done, that was a nightmare because I don't like doing it. Yeah. It's not yeah. in my natural genius. Yeah. So the fact that I'd had it um, enabled them to be able to craft it and choreography it into something that was relevant and impactful for in the manner that I wanted it to be so that was me doing my thing just staying in my lane in my spot and passing the baton over to somebody else to operate in their spot Mm. which just I just wanted to share that and then if I look at um the reason I now do that more habitually and help other people do that is we spend um so people are usually motivated by either making money or saving time so I'm a saving time person Mm. I did not want to spend weeks that would have become months doing something that somebody could have turned around in literally did turn around in four weeks um so there's that same thing is is play you know like the spontaneous animals play the puppy play the how the ferrets play you know stay in your playful zone create from your inner genius and then pass that playful baton over to somebody that operates in the playful manner in that next step of your cycle so i think you're better investing what becomes money to save time but you're investing money in better resources and a better outcome because somebody's playing in their playfulness in their inner genius Mm, you know I think it's a really good point like what it made me think of as well is like how much better is the work we do when it's coming from a place of I love this like Mm. how much better is the quality of work right like I'm thinking about you know you hear about like, so f- for me, all right, like I love doing this, right? Mm. And I get a lot of amazing feedback and thank you to people who who say this, who go like, oh, that was a really great interview. I really appreciate that or whatever. I'm not saying that to, to um, blow my horn. There's other things that I'm really bad at. So now I just say to clients, I'm like, I am not an implementer. I am not an implementer. I, I can do project management. I have done project management. Mm. I hate it. And I know you need it but you're better off getting someone who goes, I love doing this. I love organizing stuff, right? Why why would I, you know, and I think that's what I get really excited about, about like us having met and being a connector is like, then you get to meet all the other people who like to play (laughs) and you kind of go, where do you like to play? Oh, that's cool. Cause like I, that kind of fits, you know? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I will ask you a question, but I was just going to give a quick shout out to Megan who said, one live video equals a podcast and a blog and social media content. Life is too busy. We need to get smart. Great chat, ladies. Loving it. Thank you, Megan. (laughs) And I agree. Like this is like, so now, Sally, I've gotten to the point where like what I'm trying to do for my lives is turn it directly into a podcast rather than doing like the intro and the outro and stuff because I'm like, that just takes so much more time so the the where it leads me is like how you know perfect and shiny do things need to be like do you see a lot of people over complicating what their book needs to be what their video yeah 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 absolutely um if you're in that playful moment and you're coming from that inner genius zone it is perfect 
for who you're wanting it for. When you try to think, is this perfect? Can I make it perfect? You actually start to overcomplicate it. And, and, and that is because as humans, our brain actually likes complexity. It likes to, yeah. you know, dive into things. But in reality, the simplest place comes from that instinctive intuition. So stay where it started. Don't dive into the complexity because that's where we overcomplicate it. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Stay in play. Yeah. I, I keep seeing that as well. I keep seeing that like, um, you know, that desire to, oh, before we put the content out there, let's strategize. And I'm like, okay, a bit of strategy is good. But like, if you go too hard, because I'm like, you're going to have to keep marketing yourself. It's not like it's going to just go away and you won't get another shot, you know, like, um, so Sorry, let me let me um, ask you another question because I'm I love our chats and I can just go off on tangents and I'm trying to not do that. <laughs> but but tell me about like so if we get a little bit more into process, we've talked about networking and we talked about repurposing content. And for people who are kind of going, okay, right, that's all great. Like I want to grow my brand. I want to know you know, from a return on investment perspective, from a, how do I get business through my door? How do I sell more books? How do I book more gigs? Like, can you talk a little bit through that sort of like why we are needing to show up in our content and just a bit more around that sort of monetization of that? Yeah. Uh, Great question. I think, um, I see two distinct variations. Well, there's probably a few few multiple layers in there, is you need to know what your strategy is. So, yes, you need to have a bit of a content plan, a bit of an idea of, hey, I've got this product coming up, I've got this program, you know, what am I selling? Hey, we're all in business to make money and create impacts. So knowing what your providing to your audience as a, as a form of service is critical when you're creating your 90-day plans, etc. cetera. Um, and when it then comes to content, knowing your audience well enough, e.g., do they want to see, do they need to see your content every single day? Do you need large volumes of numbers or do you need small volumes of numbers? And then what is the strategy around that? So an example of that is I have some clients that post, you know, every day across every platform because they need large volumes and they need to be uh, highly visible. Then there's people like myself that will uh, post a couple of times a week but I do a lot of outreach, so I connect with a lot of people. So I'm using both marketing and business development. I see a lot of people default to just purely what I'm going to call marketing, which is content. Um, I believe, and this is my soapbox, is it's marketing and business development. Your marketing supports the actions that you do. It's not a passive scenario. So your content needs to be relevant to the audience it needs to help educate and inspire and motivate and all those great things but it needs to be delivered um, when they need it how they need it and at the frequency that they need it and that will vary depending on who your client target market is and that is the variable that I see a lot of people not take into consideration and they go oh but Facebook tells me I need to do this LinkedIn tells me I need to do that so they get over um over perfect 
in what they're delivering and not being human. And I'm just going back to what we were talking about before, and I just wrote this down. Perfect is plastic from a is perceived as plastic. Messiness is human. Yeah. Mm. So you need to have your humanness in there and that comes through connection and comes through having your right content delivered at the right time in a manner that suits your audience, not the perfection of making it look good. But yes, we do need to have the right content that is multidimensional. So it gives insight into the individual, into the, the individual, your client, but also gives insight as to why you understand them. So there's some of that personal, you know, that personal stuff about you. So that on the go stuff, people like to know what's going on in your life, but behind the scenes and those sorts of things. So having that nice blend of content, not just the, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, buy this, buy this, buy this i'm good um which we see a bit, a bit of <laughs> we do we do um megan thanks for joining in on the chat as well megan um has been commenting along as we're chatting she said lauren your designer genius totally helping getting the pests out of people and getting their strategy yeah. in place thanks megan and megan also shout out to megan because on Instagram, her um, title is actually Relevant Megan and you brought up Relevance and I was like, Megan is so about that as well. She's a personal branding strategist, right? Yeah. Um, and I know all three of us actually kind of think very similar and very aligned on this of that kind of need to to show up as you. And when you said that perfection is plastic and and the, what was it, is the mess in the messiness? And messy is human. Yeah, messiness is human. Like I've been looking at... Sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, have someone that's a potential client or whatever. I usually go and look at their content and I do see a lot of people and this is not in any way meant to be putting down people or anything. I think people think they're doing the right thing, but it's like they go, oh, okay, this is a YouTube video. So I've got to be really professional. And it's almost like, like if they were a news presenter, I'm like, you're almost doing it like blow by blow exactly what you should be doing. But yes. in the context of online, I'm like, it actually feels really weird as the viewer because yeah. I'm like, this is really, it's like wooden, you know, or opaque or something. Um, and I think it's like, it's hard in some ways to not do that. Like for me, that this live stream is the first live stream that I've done where I did an acknowledgement of country, right? And yeah. I'm like, you would have seen, I was quite nervous about it because I'm like, I haven't done this before. I just need to be really human about this. And I'm going to sound nervous. I'm going to sound nervous while I do this, but it's important to me. And I want to be able to do it. Mm. And I think, I think that's better than, cause my other option is I do like either a pre-recorded thing or mm. like, it sounds like, and I see that a lot. I see that a lot with like, you know, in events and stuff, we'll have like the general housekeeping stuff and it's really wooden and formal. Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of don't feel it, right? Like <laughs> it doesn't impact us the same. So how do we, I mean, can we talk a little bit about how do we loosen up? How do we show up a bit more as ourselves? Like what do, what does that kind of look like? I mean, let's say for speakers, you're the vice president of, of the South Australian PSA chapter. Like, yeah. you know, what what do you kind of find helpful for speakers to to understand and you know how we kind of show up in our content yeah, great question I think again um it's uh, Brene Brown's coming to mind funnily enough it's that whole bravery um and that whole vulnerability and 
Uh, and in some cases, if I look at PSA and then the, the work that we do with clients in, in our facilitation of that, it's providing a safe space to help people shine. Sometimes it's helping them feel their shine and sometimes it's helping them express their shine. And then when they can look back at it, they go, oh, if we can create the aha moments, um, then that's where people have their learnings, which then they have their forward movement and go, oh, God, that's so much easier. Because when they're, you know, they're in this, they're stiff and they're ready to go and they've got that, you know, it just feels like get away. Whereas when you can relax into it, people are going, oh, yeah, she's going to have some fun. Let's go and have some fun with those girls. Um, you know, it's about, um, I would say, practice, practice, practice. Find a safe environment to start start off with. Don't hold back um, and just um, master elements as you, so I love craftsmanship and I'm a bit obsessed with craftsmanship and that's going to be my learning for this year. But sometimes we can't start there because we don't see it. So I would say play with an element, improve an element, um, feel more comfortable and get into that go back to a bit the childlike play in those elements and that's where you'll discover more of yourself and more comfort. Through more comfort, you'll then find even more play. Yeah. You get to amplify everything for your audience. Love that. And lo I love that you brought up Brene Brown. Um, Sarah Rothermel? Sorry, Sarah, I hope I got your yeah. name right. Um, you said Brene Brown once said, perfectionism won't stop you from getting hurt it will stop you from being seen yeah love that thanks for sharing that that's an awesome quote um and megan also said so good sally love the plastic versus human analogy me too i like i mean you know it's one of the things that i love whenever because we've done quite a lot of on camera stuff together now <laughs> and one of the things i love about like our conversations is we and if, or even if we're just chatting on the phone is it's like a lot of fun like I look forward to chatting with you because I'm like we're just gonna get probably a little bit excited <laughs> and talk about all these things and, <laughs> but it's kind of like I feel like because both of us are just like really genuine yeah. uh, when we talk and I love that and I really appreciate that and one of the things that I notice is like because that's rare mm. it's like I appreciate it more, you know, and, and then so I kind of, or it's almost like, cause I appreciate it. I realize it's rare. Like it's actually hard to find that connection. I think with people, I think, you know, when we're networking, when we're talking to a camera and we're going, Oh, someone out there seeing it, we're forgetting that it's like this other person is a human, you yeah. know, like, yeah we're just humans <laughs> trying yeah. to work some out. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll share something vulnerably from mine because I know when we first did our interview, um, I, I was getting very clever and very stiff in my things when we first did that. And I said, and I looked, reflected back on it, I went, oh my God. And um, so I think you, I wanted to be able to bring more of that out, but I will naturally, because I want people to like me, and I, I know I wrote this in my email when we were conversing this week, what are we talking on? Because I need to prepare my brilliance. You know, I need to have something sorted out in my head because I want to be perceived well. But when we when we 
have that moment and take it too far. And I've certainly taken it too far where we get very stiff and we've got everything done this and we get very authoritative and, you know, that already sounds boring. It's um, better not to wear. Um, boring as. You know, when you, get, when you take that, you know, I want to be, you know, prepare my brilliance. When you take that to the extreme and lose the playfulness, we use lose our humanity. Mm. And when we lose that, we lose our connection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so true. And it's, it's actually something that, so I used to have like prep questions, right? Mm. I used to be like, here's the questions that I will ask you just so, so you kind of know, and I would usually change it up a bit, mm. but like what I found is sometimes people come with like, sorry, this is a blank piece of paper. They come with notes and they'd be like, this is, oh, these are the dot points I need to make. These, these are the, uh, mm. you know, this is the points I need to make when Lauren asked me this question and I was like, when I moved away from it. So now I'm like, I'll give you one. I'll tell you one question I'm going to ask you. And then the rest of it's like free flow. Yeah. I I think like what my instinct tells me is I'm like, I think those conversations are more interesting. I mean, you interview people. Do you kind of find the same thing for you? Yeah, very much so. When the minute they, the like you, the first question is, yeah, they, you know, they're they're prepped and they're ready to answer, and then you sort of throw in a curveball or you change it up slightly, and you actually see their whole body go, oh, and then they just get into a what I would call a great coffee conversation, and isn't that? aren't they the conversations where all the gold comes from where you you, you yourself have an aha moment you share an aha, home, an aha moment with somebody else that's where the gold is that's actually where the content dance needs to be not the now I've got this or I've got that or I've got this you know content and conversation should be a dance Yeah, I love that. You know what I love about this conversation as well is that I'm like, it's about strategy and process, but actually we've been quite like flexible in the way we're talking about it. And I think that's almost like like where where I've gotten to with strategy is kind of going, if we, you know, it's kind of goes back to the point we said before, if you're too like rigid, it doesn't really work. But what I find is also people just latch onto the strategy. So, you know, for you, like, just because we are meant to be talking about process, I just want to kind of come back to this a little bit more. Like you are actually quite structured when you're working with someone, you are quite structured in that strategy steps, right? So how do you get the balance between that kind of, we need the flexibility, we need the flow, we need that creativity, but then also, we need to have the structure. We need to have that, you know, kind of straight, steady stream of, of, of content going out. Yeah. So I would say I remain structured. So I've got my process and I'll take them through wherever they need to go because I just want to pull all of those gold nuggets out. Mm-hmm. Then it's a case of I reflect at it. So so I get them to reflect at it to see what they've learned about themselves, where they go, oh, my God, that's so easy. I really enjoy talking about that topic. I could talk about and we could go down this rabbit warren and we can go down there and we could go, you know, they can go into those multi-layers. And I go, okay, what's happening in the world right now that um, that makes that relevant to your community? Oh, it's this and it's this and it's this. So I'll have a structure, but I'll let them free flow because free flow is where the opportunities lie. So then that's sort of the first and second process is my structure, letting them free flow and then be reflective with it. Then from that, it's a case of we then sort of, for me, we then sort of stop 
And then I go, okay, based on everything I've seen and heard, it's sort of like a big jigsaw puzzle, you know, then on the desk or on the whiteboard or wherever it ends up being, post-it notes or whatever. And then the choreography of that comes into play. Excellent. They're they're, um, four key themes around their particular topic is this. Which order do those four key themes need to be based on the year or the content or, or the product that we're selling plan? And then, okay, well, let's then go, okay, if we've got those four key areas, what are the areas underneath those? And then go from there. So we've got a bit of a structure and a bit of a format. But, hey, the world's changing so fast. The individual, the client, the coach or whoever we're dealing with um, is changing and evolving. And they're also, as they change and evolve, they're also changing and noticing evolving in their clients. So they need to have that flexibility and that opportunistic hunting of, great, wow, I've just seen this, I need to share that with my community. So that's that on-the-run stuff, that sense-maker stuff, that translator stuff, that when you get too rigid in the this is my thing, you lose all those opportunities because you're too stuck. Yeah. 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 I I definitely found that for myself as well. Like Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was like, sort of like going back to what Megan had said as well. Like, it's like, there's a live stream and there's podcasts and there's blog posts and there's the promo posts for that content. And sometimes I was like, oh, there's actually an opportunity over here because like, I've just found that people are finding they can't get information on this. I'm just going to go and create a little YouTube video about it before I wouldn't do that. I'd yeah. be like, no, no, because it's not in my structure. It's not what was meant to go out on Tuesday. Correct. <laughs> so we don't want to do that. We don't want to miss out on opportunities. <laughs> Sally, we um, have to wrap up soon. And guys, if you have any questions for Sally, please, please ask. But I want to I want to shift gears a little bit and touch on this because I talked about it on the show. I don't know if you know this, but I gave you a shout out a few weeks back. I might not have I might have forgotten to tag you in it, but I was like, one of my friends, Sally Curtis, she's an amazing strategist, and she has this awesome term called the super VA. I hope she doesn't mind that I've stolen this off her, but I just think it's so like it's it's such an important point, you know, because what I think both of us find having had a few conversations is at some point people are kind of like, once they're built, building, they get to a certain point, they're like, I do actually need a, a virtual assistant to help me, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that you help with as well. Mm-hmm. Talk us through, if you can, just talk us through a couple of those big mistakes with like the, and where that super VA concept kind of comes from. Yeah, absolutely. So just uh, VAs like us all have a uh, inner genius the big mistake that people make uh, when they're building their practice or their business is go, is go, oh, I need help now. I need a VA. Mm. But what they do is I need a VA that does marketing. I need a VA that does strategy. I need somebody that's really good at data and detail and blah, blah, blah. So a super VA can do everything. Not always the case. Sometimes you need to have specialists in different areas, firstly. Um, Now, the super VA concept also comes in the the biggest, biggest mistake, and I did this myself, and I see this so repeat so many times, is they go, I need a VA. They hire somebody and go, great, now do it for me. Yeah. Now do it for me. And they forget that they've they've got all of their inner genius stored in here. They know what their processes are, know what their steps are. They do not stop long enough to take the time 
to train that poor VA. They are not super uh, man, men, men and women in that they can read your mind and extract that information. You actually do have to share it with them. Um, and that's been the biggest thing. <laughs> And, a lot, and that's where I help the most is because a lot of the people that are growing their practice um, are needing somebody ready to hit the ground running that understands the methodologies, the strategies and the structures that need to be, be in place. But they don't have the time to stop for two weeks or three weeks or whatever to actually take the time to train somebody. Um, the super VAs don't happen instantaneously or overnight. They are created. Mm. But you create them for you with your with your processes and systems, etc. Mm. Yeah, love that, love that. I think it's it's such a bit. Actually, it reminds me of there's someone else I need to connect you with. But um, it's it's something that I'm seeing more and more is that as we're doing more of the solopreneur stuff, as we're mm. doing more of that or that solo practitioner, which I think is so exciting. I think it just opens up so many amazing doors for us mm. as small like small businesses mm. uh but that is at some point i think you, you need at least one va to help like I, I i don't know how people would run a successful big solo practice without at least a va and it's where so i made the same i did the same thing i was like i would either go like all or nothing and i don't know maybe this is a bit of an entrepreneur thing but it's like either you do everything or oh okay you're struggling a bit with that so let me just take it all back off you <laughs> and I'm like that's horrible like I wouldn't want to be true and I'm like I'm I it's it's not like a you know a, in a vindictive way or anything it's just like I'm like oh it needs to get done it needs to get done right and yeah. this person's worried about making mistakes so I'll just take it off them mm. and then they're like so what do you want me to do today and I'm like oh nothing <laughs> meanwhile I'm doing 14 hours of work (laughs) I think the key is and this is where um people struggle is it's a it's at a VA so what I look at it now is when you're doing tasks or things if you do it twice that's a a repeatable thing a repeatable thing has a structure a system and a pro or a process to it if you can document that you can actually duplicate and replace yourself Hiring a VA is about duplicating and replacing yourself in all of the different tasks that you do. So for, for each one that you do, it's this. And then you can add that when they get that one right, when then when they've got that one right. But you need to self-recognise it and know what the steps are and be able to transfer that to somebody else for them to be able to replace you in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that theme's come up a few times on the show, actually, just with like, I was speaking to Perry Pappas, I think it was last week we had our conversation about sales as the yeah. same thing where sometimes people are like, oh, I'll just hire a salesperson to come yeah. and sell. But it's yeah. like, but what's the sales process? You know, it's like, if you don't have the sales process, how can they come in and sell for you? Like, you don't yeah. know what that looks like yet, you know, um, but mm. I've seen heaps of businesses do that kind of stuff. So yeah. And this isn't again. It's not like a beating up businesses for not thinking of these things. Like I'm, like I'm like, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> like, <laughs> learn from our mistakes. Jump off the shoulders of giants. Not saying we're giants, but learn from other people's mistakes. It's oh, saved totally. time. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's what this is all about. So Sally, thank you so much for joining me for this live stream, which will become a podcast. And thanks to everyone who's listening as well. You have a show. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about your show and also how people can reach out to connect with you as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got the Success Secrets Exposed uh, show that's um, on on Fridays currently in South Australia at uh, 10.30 in the morning. We always sync to 7 p.m. Um, on the day before Thursdays in New York. Um, and obviously the best place that, to connect with me is LinkedIn. That's how we met. So you can find me on LinkedIn and connect with me there. More than happy to have a, a human conversation and a chat and we'll go from there. Awesome. And yeah, I can vouch for Sally that Sally is an awesome person to do a virtual couple with. Like, do it, guys. Do yourself a favor. One more thing um, before we uh, finish up. Ben Yang over on YouTube said, when you're talking about the VA piece, he said, that's exactly what I'm facing now. Sometimes feels easier to do it by myself. Another great streaming. Thanks, lady. Well, thanks, Ben. Thanks for commenting as well. Mm. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Sarah. Really appreciate you guys for saying hello. Um, Sally, thank you so much. This is so much fun. Yeah, thank you once again. Uh, I love our chats and where they go and all the gold that comes out of it. Thank you for being such a great facilitator. <laughs> Thanks, Sally. Bye, everyone. All right, guys. So that's it from me for today. Hope you loved getting to know Sally as much as I did. Go check out what Sally's all about. Just head over to LinkedIn. That's the best way to get in touch with her. Uh, Sally is a fantastic networker and you guys know what I think of LinkedIn. It's freaking awesome. Uh, so <laughs> go reach out to Sally. Let her know that you heard about her through this podcast. And until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors.